Attention team campers, we now have Yule Lad specific merch for the holiday season. If you'd like to celebrate Icelandic style, please follow the link in our description for our Tee Public storefront. If you'd like more from camp, we are also now featuring bonus episodes for patrons for a small fee. As ever, we love to hear from you, so please tell us your ghost stories by emailing us at letterstocamp at gmail.com. You can also help us out by reviewing and rating us on Apple Podcasts. We know you have many spooky podcasts to choose from, so we thank you for choosing Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. The episode will begin shortly. Hi guys. Hi. You're listening to Scary Stories from Camp Roanoke. This is a mm-hmm. podcast where we tell you true scary stories. Mm-hmm. I'm Katie Wiggins. I'm Morgan Campbell. You know, we were just talking about the original Sweeney Todd, and Angela Lansbury is the original Mrs. Lovett, right? Oh my god, really? Oh, you didn't know that? No! Yeah, she's the original Mrs. Lovett. Hey, what you like, what you worry? I gave you such a uh, fright. Ah, yeah, beautiful. She's, she's the original Mrs. Lovett. Are you an Angela Lansbury person? Do you know anything about her? I mean, I've seen some of her works. Beauty and the Beast, correct? <laughs> <laughs> a child of the 90s would be hard not to i don't know enough about her though yeah because um murder she wrote is not streaming anywhere yeah and i keep being told i would love that show but it's like where to find yeah it's really it's i i'm sort of on a search for that oh but i brought it up because she in 1988 released a workout video <gasps> called positive moves and it's on YouTube and I've been doing I've been doing it while I brew coffee in the morning because I I brew a a truly enormous amount of coffee <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> so it's like a good while <laughs> the coffee takes to like bubble and spurt my our potion. So um so I've been just clicking on positive moves and it is the most first of all, she's in just like a light peach colored jumpsuit it's not mm-hmm. exercise wear it's it's just like a light she's got a scarf tied around her waist and she's just in a nice house she's not in like a gym setting she's not in like a you know jazzercise room she's just in a nice house which is oh, probably yeah. hers and it's just like some very gentle and beautiful exercises and movements and um it's just lovely it's just relaxing i have a very specific like late 80s asmr i just love like femininity in the late 80s oh, it's just yeah. i don't know why i just find it extremely soothing um, and her voice is incredibly soothing already i have um content recommendation that's kind of the exact opposite um, I finally sat down and watched the 2021 Courage the Cowardly Dog and Scooby-Doo movie. I didn't know that happened. Yes. Very scary. Um, Very cute. If you were a fan of Courage the Cowardly Dog, it's got every reference under the sun. Ugh. It was just an homage, I feel like. Kind of explained why the town's crazy. It had the laquack in that sinister cat. It was no. very cute. No, 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 no. Courage the Cowardly Dog is a hellscape. It is. It is a nightmare zone. <laughs> it, it, there is no, I, no, there's no way I would, I would walk there willingly. Yeah. It's a time. I recommend it if you can handle Courage the Cowardly Dog. Also, they came out with a new paranormal activity on the 29th of October. Oh yeah, it's next of kin and it's set in Amish yeah. country. Yeah. 
I haven't watched it yet, but I'm dying to so soon. Yeah, this is yeah, this is definitely an interesting alignment of your of your preferences. Mm-hmm. And I heard the Orphan is getting a sequel this year, mm. but I don't know if that's true. So there's still Halloween content being pumped out. Don't let the media fool you. Oh, for sure. And being scared, like The Shining. I didn't even watch The Shining because I think of it as a winter spooky movie. I agree. You know, I don't. I don't think of it as like a fucking Halloween movie. I'm like, yeah, horror does not belong to one day of the year. It's scary all year round. Okay, take us. So where are we going next on our road trip? We've been to Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. We have been to Iowa, Iowa. with and the Dead now Files. We're going to Missouri. Oh, fascinating! I have, I have, I've learned more about Missouri this year because of this podcast than that I have any other year of my life, except Same. for when I was assigned it as my state to do my first book report on when I was in second grade. So I'm excited to further build on that knowledge. <laughs> well, once again, this is in the Zach Bagan zone. Uh, he oh, cannot... this is his, his. This is in his bubble of, of. Yeah, he cannot travel by air due to fear. So a lot of the content is dominated by him. Right. So it's a little tough finding other people. But I did an episode from Ghost Hunters, (gasps) which personally I never watch. This might have been like first, second, third time I've ever seen it. I wouldn't. I Yeah, I watched a lot of Ghost Hunters growing up. So apparently they stopped it in like 2016 18 uh-huh. 20 something around that time period and they rebooted it and it came out in 2020 yes i've seen yeah i've, I've got two I've seasons s- from that i've seen some, the, like, the new crew specials. i used to have a huge crush on dave tango when i was like 10 years old it's a big crew it took me a long time to like get all the names together Oh, yeah. And if you go on Wikipedia, it's a giant list. So I don't know exactly who they've all brought on and who they let go, but maybe you can and help are, me are learn Are we doing, past. what year is the episode you got from? 2020. This is one of the reboot <gasps> new ones. Oh, my God. They also do a lot of main content. Like a lot of main episodes. Well, they're they're transatlantic, baby. <laughs> they go everywhere. <laughs> they're the plumbers. <laughs> they're plumbers and they've got vans. So yeah, they're they're all across the Atlantic, <laughs> up and down, <laughs> side to side, not side to side, just up and down, basically. Just up and down. Uh huh. So we're in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Cape. Yeah. Does it have a coast? Uh, it's very close to the Mississippi River. Okay. Okay. Fascinating. So this little town has a population of not quite forty thousand people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the economic center of rural southeast Missouri. Whoa. Ooh. It's um also it's the an emerging Akron of col- Southeast Missouri. <laughs> it's an emerging college town. It's home of Southeast Missouri State University. Um, I did a little research into it. It's got a forty seven percent graduation rate for four years, and the typical US average is a sixty percent graduation rate, so I don't know what's going on here. But the first quote I saw from them was, you apply all the grit and talent and sweat and passion you can muster because college is the next step. And I absolutely hate that. (laughs) Um, Just not the right vibe. Not selling me on further educating myself. But we're not going to do anything involving this uh, godforsaken college. We are going to be looking at the historic former Glen home. They were once a prominent family. 
they unfortunately in the early 1900s suffered financial ruin and a lot of tragic deaths. Many believe that the family was cursed since they hit financial ruin and all these tragic deaths occurred. Um, The home is fully functional. It's a historic landmark. And recently, a Glynn family descendant made a visit to the home. Mm -hmm. And since then, they have triggered some alarming paranormal activity. Mm. Who lives there now? Who, like, owns it? It's run by, like, they have a Glynn family historical board. Hmm. Where, like, several board members meet and they take care of the estate and it's a whole to-do. Okay. Um, But since this family member visited, they had been losing Dawson's at an alarming rate because people were just... The volunteers were quitting because they were too scared. Yeah. It's a beautiful home. It's typical, average, beautiful Victorian mansion. (laughs) A lot of white paint, very tall, beautiful staircases, long mirrors. Cool. Just the typical situation. Long mirrors are so scary. I wrote a little list of all of the team members, and we'll get into who's where at what time. But we've got Grant Wilson, um, Rachel Stratton. Daryl Marston, Kristen Lumen, Brandon Alvis, and Mustafa Gadolin. There's so much Istin Amen, Ustin Innen, like <laughs> Restin Benden, like these names. Unless <laughs> I'm the pronouncing them too German, but. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's no Dave Tango? I thought I saw him in the advertisement. Not in this episode, at least. But they have like a, a very large team. They probably use different very, people. Yeah, very large team. Okay. Okay, so um, we're going to get into a little bit of why the Ghost Hunter team was called. The current person who kind of runs this historical home, her name is Christy. Um, she said that the girl who visited whose family, she called Christy, said she found the ha- found out about the house on Facebook, realized she was part of this Glenn family and wanted to visit the estate. After she visited, things spiked. People would get tapped on the shoulder. People would hear footsteps upstairs when they were in the house totally alone. Several years later, she came back to the estate again. Um, her name's Sarah. And it happened again. It got even worse after she left. <laughs> but it's always when she's in the house, she's never experiencing anything. She's never experienced anything paranormal in this house. It's always after she leaves. That's crazy. I, I bet it was really fun of like the docents who were just like hanging out on like their snack break or getting there early, opening up, being like, you know, I've been thinking about it. Shit's gotten really weird since Sarah left. And the other one's like, oh my god, you're so fucking right. Like, the fact that they had to like see a Make pattern develop and then be like, hmm. Like, that's <laughs> Maybe we don't let her back in. Yeah. It's like, actually, we're cl- we're closed now we're for closed this forever. for spring renovations. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to get in a little bit of the houses in the history of the family. The history of the family, the house's history. Um, the house was built in 1883, constructed by Edwin Dean, who gave it to his daughter, Lula, as a wedding present. Ugh, love a house as a wedding present, honestly. Right. 
Uh, my parents let me down. Where's my house? Where's my house in Maine? Come on. Literally. My parents haven't <laughs> offered me a shed. Fucking nothing. So Lula married David Glenn. That's where we get the Glenn family name. Mm-hmm. Um, He was a poor man moving to this house, but he had a ton of connections in town. So he was very quickly able to own his own bank and become a very prominent influential member of society wow he must have been super ambitious and super gregarious yeah and they were able to they had six children three of which died in the house unfortunately Mm. then 1900 hit the bank went under the house was sold at courthouse square and no glenn ever lived in the house again damn one generation one generation flipped in one that sucks they could never own a stately home in england those (laughs) motherfuckers have been keeping those names in line for a thousand years not lighting any fires not repairing their (laughs) tweed and they have royal titles and they're like i've got to keep this piece of shit together and you couldn't (laughs) hold on to it for one so the deaths that we know that happen in this house we've got the three children confirmed and there's also speak of a distant like cousin or extended family member a young girl who came to the house ill and passed in the house so we've got a couple children deaths going on which quite is quite a few children spooky. deaths <laughs> so people think that the family was cursed um christy is telling this history to the ghost hunters crew and she's lost a few dawsons she's pretty stressed and she wants to see if they can do something with Sarah and see what they get once they bring her in again and get all that activity spiked up. Crazy. Um, The minute they get in the house, they say it's very heavy. Like, everybody can feel that the energy is not super good. They bring Sarah in for interview before they do their investigative phase, and they bring her grandfather, who is one of the original... His dad's one of the original Glenn family children. Um, he knew nothing about the house. It's super crazy. The way they found out about it was in his attic. They were going through pictures and found a picture of Mr. Glenn, the patriarch. And on the back of his photo was the address to the house handwritten. Wow. So they just Googled it and found that it was a historical house. That's crazy. My great grandfather built a house in Connecticut and it is now hilariously stereotypically condos oh no i know it could have been your wedding present if that house (laughs) belongs to me (sighs) you should haunt those condos Eh, then i'd have to live in connecticut (laughs) (laughs) oh shit you're right (laughs) so the game plan is to have the ghost hunters crew go in they're gonna split up it's a large estate but not massive enough for like the whole crew to be in at once so they're gonna split up into like three teams then they're gonna bring in sarah see what happens and then they're gonna have her leave and see what the activity's like after she's gone Mm, she's the bait she's the bait so we they turn all the lights off they've got their cameras their thermal cameras they've got this piece of equipment that's kind of everything it reads temperature changes pressure changes it does evps 
It lights up if something comes near it. Like, it's all in one. It's amazing. <laughs> right now I'm picturing, like, the wall art I've seen on, like, boats and in houses where it's just, like, a, a little plastic image of a duck and it has, like, a barometer and a temperature on it. And I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> I see they're fully yeah. decked out in technology. It's also a compass. <laughs> Very that, yeah. Love that. Do they have an astrolabe? Could they take it out to sea and be able to direct themselves to the North Star? They also have, um, which will appear later, this microphone that looks like an ASMR ear kind of microphone almost. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to like mimic and heighten kind of the human hearing. Yeah. So we're going to, the biaural microphone, we're going to get into that later. They're going to bring that in. Do you put Do you put headphones on and put the mic and move the mic around? And you No, can... they just like set it down. Oh, okay. So I think it's like an so, EVP where they listen to it later. Okay, so it records that higher mm-hmm. thing. I remember I had a spy kit when I was a kid and it had like a like a pointer thing and you put on headphones and you could point it at the Dope. door and hear what was happening on the other side. I just imagined the amount of like divorces that were overheard by children using these like little <laughs> spy kits. <laughs> uh, but I love this. Also, love speaking it. of astrolabes and barometers, um, it would be really cool if if ghost hunting equipment was like gold plated, like ships, like ship equipment, or like um, nautical navigating equipment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That'd be dope. I would just really like that. I would like. I would, too. I would like that for them. <laughs> I tried to get some sort of ghost equipment, but it's kind of expensive. Did you? You tried to get ghost equipment? Well, I looked into it. You looked into it. <laughs> I don't want to drop the coin. I'm not that serious. I didn't know you wanted to. Who's who's ghost? I'll do an EVP session. Why not? In your own home? No. Where would you go? To like I don't know other people's homes. Good plan. (laughs) That's sick. Yeah, I would want my ghost invest. I would want the tools. I would want it to like. Please don't. I'm not a steampunk, but um, I'm not (laughs) Not like a steampunk person. But it would be cool if it looked a little, you know, like a Victorian piece of of. I spent a lot of time defending myself on this podcast, but you know, maybe I am a Disney adult. Maybe I am a steampunk piece of shit. I don't know. I love that for you. Shut up! It's not me. Okay, so we've got Brian and Rachel. They're Rachel? This, I, yeah, R-I-C-H-E-L. I thought you were mispronouncing Rachel. Her name is I Rachel. I thought he was too, but they wrote it. <sighs> okay, we're going with Rachel. Sorry, Brian and Rachel. <laughs> They're on the second floor. They're in the hallway. Um, They've got their... <sighs> They're going into, of course, the children's room. Of course, in every historical home like this, there's a creepy children's room decked out in dolls, mm-hmm. rocking horse in the corner, very much that. Yep. Um, it's supposed to be very active in this room. Um, this was actually the kids' room, those six kids of the, the Glenn family. There's supposed to be a lot of, like, Light footsteps, toys moving around, giggling, a lot of sounds happening in this room. Um, The rocking horse will, like, move from one corner to the other on its own. Toys will just, like, go around the room. Just truly awful. (laughs) (sighs) Truly awful. Um, It's the staff's least favorite room to be in. Staff members get headaches, chills in this room. They feel unwanted. 
So they figure this is the perfect room to start in. <laughs> they put their, they call it the data logger, I guess, because it just encompasses like all the tools mm-hmm. on the floor in that room. They start talking to it. They walk out of the room to where they can still see the equipment. I think they've got a camera facing on it. And then they really start to talk. Something about ghost hunters, I don't know if this is always the case. Incredibly polite. Yeah. They talk to a room. They really explain the situation. Yeah. They're, you know, they're, 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 they're very gentle and they're very sweet. Yeah. I like the ghost hunters. Yeah. They seem nice. They're not a lot of fluff. And honestly, they do a lot of debunking. Really? Yes. They do (gasps) a lot. Actually, their goal, at least in the early, early seasons was basically to debunk, to make people feel not as scared in their houses. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So they were- Well, I will say nothing was debunked here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They start talking to the room. They speak in a tone where if they're talking to the children, I don't think they know how to talk to children. Or they're just talking to the potential conglomerate of ghosts that might be in this house. They're talking about the tragedy of Lula, the mother, having lost three of her children, how heartbreaking that must have been. They're talking about the overall tragedy of the Glenn family. Um, they, they're they talking and Rachel turns on the flashlight out of nowhere and looks to her left. And as she's doing this, Brian, who's sitting right next to her, runs to the right and goes downstairs. He said he heard a sound. It was a popping sound, but nothing was there. Like he heard it downstairs or Mm -hmm. he... So he went to chase it. Okay, I thought, I was wondering if he was running away from it or if he was running towards it. (laughs) Just leaving her behind. (laughs) She's like, whoop, my cue, goodbye. So he went back upstairs. They got back into the position they were in before. They continued to talk to the ghost, specifically about, like, we understand this was your home, but the staff is incredibly scared. Um... (laughs) No one's asking anyone to leave, but we would like to know who you are. Um, And as they asked, like, who are you? They both ran downstairs. They said that they heard music. So they ran to the music room. And there's apparently three pianos in this house, two of which are in the music room. One is upstairs. It didn't, the sound did not come from upstairs. Both pianos downstairs are broken. Uh. So they, they're really getting the sense that whatever's in this house actively wants them away from the children's room. Like, it's trying to draw them downstairs. Yeah. They felt very unwanted. Like, I feel like they're very good at, like, interpreting the reactions Yeah, I was going to say, that's so a great interpretation. I would have just been yeah. like, this house is haunted. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, it wants me to, like, listen to music. (laughs) So they apologize, they thank the spirits, and they left. Now we're entering team two of Daryl, Kristen, and Grant. And they got debriefed. Oh, did you know that the red-haired woman who, Amy Bruni, who hosts Kindred Spirits, she got her start in Ghost Hunters. That's so dope. I saw her on the Wikipedia, and I was like... She doesn't still do it. No. That'd be so cool if she did. Yeah, that'd be cool if they had like a reunion episode or something. But yeah, that's could do, like a mashup. That's where she got her start. That's so cool. Can you imagine? I love her. If like all the big ghost personalities, if they had all started out in like the same, you know, band, but then they all split off and formed their own and it's just funny. <gasps> I 
love that. I imagine them in like the 70s or 60s, like the original photos of all of them together, and then they split off and did their own 80s solo work. (laughs) That'd be really cute. Yeah. I would watch that movie. Oh, for sure, for sure. (laughs) I'm watching that behind the music of... Behind the binaural microphone. (laughs) (laughs) So this team of three, they get debriefed on what just happened with the other team. And they're like, listen, like, it doesn't want us in the kids' room. I feel like we're unwanted and we're being disrespectful. So they decide to start in the kids' room anyway, just to go for it. I mean, they are looking for ghosts. They're looking for ghosts. They're trying to talk. You know, they're not looking Um, to make friends. So they're in the room, like, sitting on the floor in the kids' room. They're talking about the Glenn family. They're kind of talking about how misfortunate they are with the bank closing and the children passing away and they hear a click sound in the room and it sounds like someone's trying to open the door it's got those very old-fashioned like white almost porcelain looking doorknobs Mm -hmm. with the very like metal clanking for opening and closing Mm. the door um so they go find the door and they replicate the sound and they're like, okay, it sounds like someone tried to open the door. They radio back to base and they confirm that no one has been in or out of the house besides them. No one's trying to open a door. They continue talking to the spirits. They ask about the bank a little more and their little data logger, the light went off. So something was in front of it. So something's actively in the room with them. So it's also like a... um. Motion detector? Mm-hmm. Dude, this thing. Everything. Everything. It's so cool. <laughs> and while the light's going off, the temperature read is up and down, and they keep going on about how they've never seen the temperature go that crazy before. Just, like, jump up and down that wild. Yeah. So that's really all that happens to them. We're going to get into Team 3, where a little more happens. We've got Brandon and Mustafa. So this is like a relay race. Like, they're just, like, passing yeah. it off to the next group and are like, go yeah, get in wild. there, buddy. Because it's a big home, but all the rooms are kind of small and the hallways are small and it's hard to navigate. Well, and something that happens when you have multiple groups in a location. I play Phasmophobia. I'm basically a, you know, mm-hmm. paranormal investigator. Uh, oh, when you've okay. got multiple <laughs> groups in a location... You have to constantly radio each other and be like, we just heard a noise. Was that you? And they're like, yeah, we've been stopping up here. Was that you? We just heard somebody flush the toilet. Was that you? Like, it's it's just a constant, yeah. like, was that it's you? Hard. Was that you? Like, and it's hard. So it's better to have, like, a, much easier. a fully controlled environment so that you can rule out um, somebody just stomping around. Totally. And it's interesting, like, the different personalities and how they approach ghosts and how the ghosts respond. So it's very interesting to see all the different dynamics. Oh, that's cute. So we've got Brandon and Mustafa. They're more of the tech guys. Totally. I think that's just their title. Um, So they're going into Lula's bedroom to start off with. And Brandon feels really on edge. He's not feeling right. They're setting up stuff. They're starting to talk to each other. And they hear a click. Sounds like that doorknob click again. And he says, I heard that noise. Please make it again if you're here. (laughs) Leave me, devil! (laughs) Mustafa said that it sounded like it was in the hallway behind a closed door. They're quietly trying to hear if it makes the sound again. They feel like there's somebody in the hallway. And they hear footsteps in the hallway behind that closed door. They... 
ask it to repeat. They're standing in doorways at this point on other side of the hallway, trying to see if they can see anything or hear anything else. And they've got their their device on the ground. So are they looking down like a dark hallway? Is that what you're explaining? They're like kind of in the hallway, in doorways. They're like in the middle of the hallway a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but are the lights off? Is, is it like fully night dark vision? the whole time? Yeah, night vision. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't feel like ghosts care, but it sets a scene. It really does. (laughs) So they're trying to communicate with the spirits and let them know that the device isn't going to hurt them. It'll just help them communicate. And they hear very loudly a door click. They radio. They confirm no one's gotten in or out. It sounded like it was the main door to them downstairs. So they're still being pulled downstairs. We go very briefly to an interview with Christy, the one who's running the historical home, and she mentions that several times the back door will come open on its own and the alarm system won't go off. Hmm. It'll just be wide open, the alarm set, and it won't go off. So they feel that someone wants them to go downstairs. They heard that click. They go to the music room. They hear another doorknob click and they're able to find a door and recreate it. So it's like something's trying to get in these rooms and it's very unnerving and they still do not feel welcome. Every room they go into, they head to the dining room. I mean, can you feel welcome in a dark old timey room? Mm. No. (laughs) Like, (laughs) this reminds me a lot of the merchant, uh, the merchant house in new york which is this i've covered it before and i used to cover it on my ghost walk in uh in the village and it was just like a fully restored um like four-story spooky house that had been lived in by a single generation family and everything was kept exactly as it was and stuff and i had been there several times during several times with varying levels of like busyness like other people touring as well even on the days when it was busy and the energy was lighter and more like a museum it was still like i want to get out of here kind of like and the lights were fully on and you know things but it's just like that's so crazy there's nothing comfortable about looking at the objects of someone who literally like died in that bed and was maybe born also in that bed like it just feels fucking weird it'd be like walking into like if you walked into my house and just like was looking around my dad's or my parents room it'd be like ugh. i feel a little i would feel like i was creeping on and looking at something that i shouldn't see i don't even like to look at you know when i use a family's like hbo account or hulu account i feel like i'm like invading someone's privacy whenever i accidentally click on their like little name bubble i'm like i don't i don't need to know what you've been watching you know you (laughs) you you go about your own business you know that's 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 you (laughs) i feel like i'm looking through someone's underwear drawer Yeah, house is a very private thing. It is extremely private. Is nothing to be messed with. And to have someone walk through your bedroom, especially in the late 1800s, early 1900s, if they were like a posh family, it wouldn't have been normal for just like average people to have access to oh, the, yeah. the innermost sanctum of your house. Like there's a specific room where you receive strangers mm-hmm. or people that you're only acquaintances with. They would have never seen your bedrooms. Like there's no and fucking way. And they're touching way. stuff. Yeah. And they're commenting on the 
downfalls of your family, like your worst <laughs> moments. They're yes. just constantly bringing it up. Yeah, looking at the bassinet where three of your children died. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking yeah. creepy in in yeah. every circumstance. And when yeah. it's and when the vibe is off, it's mega creepy. Yeah, and they the ghost hunters made a really good point of how. Anytime there's been activity in the house, it's been met with people freaking out and being really scared. But the way that they're handling it is very, like, matter-of-fact, very calm, apologetic. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that'll help going forward. You tell Um, me! What happens? So we're gonna go into this dining room, and it's not a very friendly room. I don't really know what the history is behind this room, but... One day, uh, there was a tour group, and they went in the room, and everyone heard banging from the exterior wall, and very quickly, three quarters of the walls in that room became rattled, and they were vibrating and banging. Oh my god. Out of nowhere. It was unsettling. It was unnerving. One person was sobbing and having a panic attack. They could feel the house shaking. And there was no explanation for what happened. No one knows what went on. And I read a story outside of this episode where the board had met one evening at the dining room to go over just the historical house affairs. And they all heard someone open the front door. They heard it click and swing open. They heard the creaking. They heard the footsteps up the stairs down the hallway and into the children's room. Oh my god. And they checked and nobody else was in the house. And they put it in their minutes. They recorded this. <laughs> 745 <laughs> investigated it. Mysterious footsteps leading to baby's room. 750 reconvened. 8 p.m. discussing fiscal year transitions. That is so yeah. funny. They put it in the goddamn minutes. I'm obsessed with that. I guess if you work in a historical haunted house, that's part of the game. Oh, my God. Love that for that <laughs> secretary or whoever, whatever the role is called, the historian <laughs> that does that. This dining room is just not okay. I'm wondering if maybe something to do with the deaths or like a funeral service or something happened in this dining room at one point. Ooh, perhaps. It's very active. Um Mustafa and Brandon are in this room and they're talking and they're being very polite, but they're explaining their situation once again. And Mustafa said he felt like someone was holding his arm and they looked at his arm and he had three scratches. Oh my God. That he had gotten and he felt guilty. His first response was, I feel so guilty because I brought up the fact that this isn't their home anymore, that they lost their home. And I feel like that was retaliation, and that's fair. Oh, I they're, shouldn't have said they're that. so empathetic. They're so nice. <laughs> it was a breath of fresh air. You know what? That was on me. That He's was like, you know disrespectful. Right. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> so this concludes their initial investigation. Now we're going to bring Sarah in. Send in the albatross. <laughs> They're speaking to the room as per usual. They're introducing Sarah. They're further clarifying that she's a family member. She's a descendant. This is a great opportunity for you to talk to a descendant. This is awesome. Talk to her. Nothing. Very quiet. They decide to split up. They send Kristen and Sarah upstairs with the camera and the data logger. And they've got the guys staying downstairs because it seems like it's always stuff happening upstairs 
and the noise is leading them downstairs. So they're like, we're going to catch it if it's downstairs. So the girls are walking through the family. They're having conversation pretty much with themselves. They're trying to talk to the room, see if anyone's there. They make their way to Lula's room. They try to open a dialogue with her. They ask how she feels about people paying to visit her home. Um, silence. The men downstairs say that the room feels completely different without Sarah. The vibe's kind of strange. But silence. They keep talking upstairs and they move downstairs. And they say nothing's happening, so we're gonna let Sarah go home. Hmm. The minute she got in her car and started to drive off, the team heard footsteps in the house. (laughs) (laughs) They think that whatever's happening in there, it's protecting her from the hauntings. That she brings a sense of peace, is their theory. Oh, that's cute. But they continue their investigation. It's 3 a.m. on the first floor. We're breaking out the thermal camera. We've got Brandon and Mustafa. They've got their little microphone, their little motion tracker. They go straight to where Mustafa was grabbed and scratched earlier, and they notice a letter framed and on the ground from Lula. It was on the ground? Yeah, it wasn't hanging. I don't know why it wasn't hanging, but it was just framed beautifully. It should have been hanging. Um, they believe that since they found that right where he was standing, that maybe she was trying to lead him to read the letter and notice it. Mm -hmm. I don't know about all that, but they did read the letter and it kind of described a sense of loneliness and sadness around her in this home, which made sense. And they're talking about it and reading over the letter and they heard footsteps in the hallway and the pressure and temperature drops. They ask it to repeat what's going on, and they thought they heard a woman's voice, a screech, or a sighing and mumbling, kind of unknown woman sound. So they immediately play back the audio, and they definitely caught something. It's really strange. They said that they heard her say something. I heard more of like a, you know, kind of like a me doing chores. Mm talking to myself kind of vibe i would have already had like three panic attacks in this house yeah it's pretty spooky just the clicking of the doors is really unsettling constant like footsteps in the other room and it's just never where you are (sighs) but it's sometimes trying to get where you're circling me (laughs) so they decide to go back upstairs but they stop on their way upstairs they notice that the front door has opened on its own they radio to the team. They ask if anyone's been in and out. They say no. And they were like, well, when you guys have been coming in and out, what door have you been using? And they were like, every single person that's been here tonight has been using the back door exclusively. Ooh, maybe there's a foundation issue. Maybe they're like, it's like not level. Maybe. So the doors are opening. My, when it's this type of weather, my doors don't close right. Yeah. They're not aligned. In New York, when it was hot, it our floors would <laughs> bubble uh like the wood would like creak into like shoot oh. up in creaky and like certain doors just like weren't able to close it was oh. really good really <laughs> like the landlord was just like fully on top of everything <laughs> and doors were also super off thing. their hinges but that was because the door jams were rotten um so that yeah. that could also be it <laughs> 
So they go to the front door and they try like closing it and seeing if it has any troubles. I mean, from my door closing problems, you can typically slam it shut, but it's the locking that's the problem. This yeah. door sounded like it's solidly closed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, but they shut the door to see how it felt when it closed. And they immediately heard the door handle on the other side click like it was trying to open. Mm. And it was like kind of the window you could see through and nobody was there. And they immediately opened and nobody was there. Oh my god. How fun! So with that, I think they had had enough. It was five in the morning. They were scared out of their minds. So they turned all the lights on, gathered all their equipment, and decided to go back to base, take their naps in their hotel rooms, listen to all the footage and audio, and see what they got. So the next day, they sit with Christy, and they tell her about all they experienced, pretty much just validating everything that she's experienced, the footsteps, the door opening on its own, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They play her the audio of the woman mumbling, they caught another voice before Mustafa was scratched that they didn't hear at the moment. It said want or what or something like that. Um, they brought up the door opening on its own. And in the parlor, they had a camera. And moments before that door opened, you could hear footsteps, the door clicking, and the door squeaking open. So it sounded like someone actually went in and opened that door. Which is disgusting. (laughs) Um, They brought up Sarah. They confirmed that absolutely nothing happened when she went to the house. Everything happened after she left. Um, They said that she most likely brings a sense of comfort and predictability to the house. And their suggestion... I don't... No, I don't watch a lot of the show. Like I said, I don't know typically how they resolve ghost stuff afterwards. If they, like, call people or recommend people. Mm Mm-hmm. But they pretty much just told them, when you give tours, be respectful and maybe don't focus on the negatives that happened to them. Just talk about the ben- the positives that this family encountered. Mm. You know, in the previous episodes that I've I've been rewatching, like the very very early seasons, mm-hmm. and in the end, they've typically been trying to debunk and to put homeowners at ease. And when they have not been able to debunk they've generally been like but it's not gonna hurt you you know nothing's gonna hurt you so everything's (laughs) gonna be okay and you just you know keep keep on keeping on you know what i'm saying uh they they typically are just like okay yes you are haunted but it is not a demon so they've got a very calming aura i'd be curious what happens when they do experience something that they're like so, it is a demon, but it is not the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be a worse demon. <laughs> it could be so much worse. Um... <laughs> and that's the end of the Ghost Hunters episode. I've got two little stories that I found on my research of this home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this home was bought by Erlbacher family and then was deeded to the Historical Association of Greater Cape Girardeau in 1974 for preservation. And one of the board members of this association had been giving tours at the house for years. He said that they had so many ghost experience that they had a nonverbal code, an eyebrow lift for something's happening and a double lift for let's get the hell out of here. 
Um, and one day oh my he God. was doing a tour. Yeah. And one day he was doing a tour with about, which makes me think maybe he was being very disrespectful, but, um, a tour with like 10 mothers and their 17 to 18 year old sons. I don't know why it was this specific of a group. Was the gay rodeo in town? <laughs> what the fuck are all these mothers and young sons doing together? Very strange. <laughs> in Missouri. Yeah. But they were outside of the house on the porch talking a little bit about the history of that young girl who was a, an extended family member who passed away. They were going over her story and the two tour guides heard moaning inside the house and they knew nobody was in the house but they thought nothing of it did the one eyebrow and kept going and they started to proceed they started to walk through the house and as they continued the screeching got louder and louder coming to a crescendo of it sounding like two cats fighting in a bag or something ridiculous is the way they described it there was no one else in the house the other doors were locked besides the entrance, and they all ran And it was out. definitely coming from inside the house? It was coming from inside the house, and they never were able to pinpoint what the hell happened. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I oh, wish I was there. Right? They um, At Christmas time, they decorate the house. They used to have a tree where they would put wrapped empty presents under it, just boxes wrapped yeah. for aesthetics. But well, I should do that this year. <laughs> it's, it's a pandemic Christmas. <laughs> but every morning, the gifts would be opened. Oh my god, no. So they had to stop doing it because it just became too much of a pain in the ass. Oh my god. And one time, the local news crew was there. They were filming just a spooky little video of the outside of the house for Halloween. As they were leaving, they heard... A giant sound. The house kind of shook. It was like every single door in the house had slammed at once. And they went in. None of the doors were closed. Every single door in the house was open. Um, and that's the Glenn family estate. Jeez. We've got a lot of activity. None of it evil. I wonder if... If more families had lived in it, and if it hadn't been deeded to the histor for historical preservation, if it would be as haunted as it is, or if there's something about being like, we're going to preserve this exactly how you remember it, and then talk about you all constantly, that yeah. sort of like cements a, a, a paranormal presence. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like... I know that some, you know, spirits tend to get rustled up or so like the thought is that they get rustled up when you do renovations or when you change. But most places in the world are not haunted. And, you know, but people die and, you know, all the time, <laughs> all the time and everywhere. So <laughs> it feels like maybe part of what makes it easier to move on is just seeing things physically change. move on around you. And then you're like, Oh, yeah. I'm dead. <laughs> or like, I'm going to go see what it's like on the other side. Yeah. Having to eternally live in the space where you were lonely and miserable and your children died. Well, it may not feel as if time is passing the same way that it might feel if a spirit were to watch, you know, the home that they lived in change over the years if it doesn't change it's like it, i feel like it might be easier to stay in like a loop of 
of paranormal presence and existence. And in that loop, you're still, the bank's not closed. You still have your home. Yeah, it's, you're it's still, still like a prevalent, prominent member of society. Yeah. But people also just like generally don't like going places they've never been before. So like leaving something you're really comfortable with to go yeah. to the beyond is, or, you know, whatever happens. Uh, you know, whatever happens when you die, as long as it's, as long as something happens, it would probably be a scary thing that you're like, well, I've never been over there. <laughs> you know? Totally. Like, <laughs> so what's it going to be like? Am I going to go to heaven? Am I going to go to hell? Yeah, what happens what's... when I step through the wormhole, you know? So, <laughs> so I, I, I would, uh, I feel like what this is all in the service of my thesis that I feel, my hypothesis that, mm. um, historical preservation of, of homes maintains and emphasizes spirit presences. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. So that's what I think. I will say it's the least upsetting of the stories from the road trip so far. Yeah. A lot less death. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. Where are we going Four next? Dead, a lot less. When when does this end? In the ocean? Who Do you knows? are you taking us all the way to the Who Bermuda knows? Triangle? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Go. <laughs> Oh, we could go anywhere. <sighs> well, no, we can go to any state bordering Missouri. Yep. <laughs> well, stay tuned for that, guys. Uh, Who knows what that could be? Use uh, Angela Lansbury's positive move taped yes. to get moving in the morning. Have a spooky night. Filled with restless dreams. Of haunted historical society things. And we'll see you next time. How about that? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Whodunit Day's coming up. Get your decorations Woo! ready. Bye. They put it in the goddamn minutes. <laughs>